Live at 5 Sports, Bill sitting in for Todd. We're brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim Suhan joins us from the Star Tribune and Talk North podcast. And, Jim, quite a weekend, and it's not over yet with Monday Night Football tonight. That's right. Uh, looking forward to seeing the 49ers in person tonight. Very interesting team. Debo Samuel's out with an injury. Trent Williams might be is doubtful. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey might be the key tonight. He's questionable. My guess is he's going to play, but it would certainly be a great benefit to the Vikings if he either doesn't play or is limited. It's just so hard to game plan against. Uh, and last week when McCaffrey and Debo Samuel were out, that offense looked very ordinary against the Cleveland Browns. So that, that's going to be kind of the news to watch this afternoon. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's ancient history, but I remember going to a game uh, again with the 49ers and Vikings. Joe Montana was still the quarterback, and uh, with less than, I think, two minutes left in the first quarter, it was already 28 to nothing uh, in favor of the Niners as Joe uh, really picked apart our uh, defense. But let's face it, uh, Brock Purdy is no Joe Montana. Well, he, he's a really good young quarterback, and he's had great success already. Um, and, you know, we debate things like, okay, is it Purdy or is it the system? Well, I really think it's both. I think that uh, the 49ers, the way they operate their offense, the way they use the running game, powerhouse offensive line. I think they make it easy for their quarterback. I think you see a lot of wide-open receivers because of Shanahan's scheme. I also think Purdy has been has been a really good quarterback. He's made, he's decisive. He's mobile. He's been accurate. And in that system, you don't have to be as accurate as doing some others because, again, guys are running wide open, but he's run that offense very well. Last week was really the first time he didn't look like, you know, a, a, a Pro Bowl type quarterback again without McCaffrey and Samuel he gets a good defense on the road he looked ordinary for maybe the first time it'll be really interesting to see uh, how he performs tonight you know I think most people figure this would be a huge upset if the Vikings uh, do beat the 49ers and especially because this year at least the Vikings have not really had that home field advantage they really struggled at home they you know, including the playoffs last year, I think they've lost four straight home games. That's uh, that just doesn't happen much. Uh, almost always are a strong home team, so that's a problem. It's an aberration. Uh, and would would it be an upset if the Vikings won tonight? Of course, it wouldn't be the biggest upset that we've seen though. And every week, which I mean, we've seen just there are upsets in the NFL every week, and a home game with a healthy quarterback. Um, the other team having injury problems, again, yes, the 49ers are favored. They should be, but it wouldn't be the biggest shocker if the Vikings made this a game. You had a chance in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, as you pointed out, uh, you know, it seemed like there were several large upsets uh, yesterday, and it seems to happen every week. The thing that I guess kind of jumped out at me, though, was uh, the way the Lions got dominated. Uh, you know, we've all been on that bandwagon, maybe not everyone, but I certainly was uh, drinking the uh, Kool-Aid, and, boy, they look like very ordinary against this very physical Baltimore team. Well, what I've been saying about the Lions is that I do think they're a good team. I do think they're a well-coached team. I think they can beat you a lot of different ways. All that is great. But I also said they're going to hit a stretch. You know, they, they had it easy going. They got to play, um, they got to win an opener, you know, without Kelsey and Chris Jones on the field, uh, the second and third best players for the Chiefs. Um, they've caught some teams that, you know, they've beaten some bad teams. They've caught teams that they played well. I'm not taking them away any of their accomplishments, but going to Baltimore and playing Lamar Jackson when he's on is a completely different challenge, and they were not up for it. Uh, and they couldn't run the ball effectively. Uh, they couldn't get the passing game going because they couldn't get the running game going, and their defense got absolutely shredded. 
Um, and that, I think their defense, you know, if they can get Hutchinson rushing the passer, that that gives them a chance. Yesterday, uh, when he did rush the passer well, Lamar Jackson just scrambled or ran highly highly effectively. So I think the Ravens are really good. I think the Lions still have a lot to prove. And, you know, you look at the other teams, uh, you know, all struggling below 500. The Packers losing to the lowly Broncos yesterday. And, you know, the Bears have actually probably looked as good as anybody the last couple of weeks. And I will say that uh, that Vikings-Bears game was really ugly. But I do think you give Brian Flores credit. The Bears moved the ball great the week before. They moved the ball great even with the back quarterback the week after. And the Vikings shut him down. Um, and scored a defensive touchdown. So I, I do think Flores is a very good defensive coordinator, and I think the body of work so far this year is pretty good. Really, really the only time it didn't look good was you know against the Eagles when they were just really worried about Hurts running and they ended up letting DeAndre Swift run crazy. Uh, but I think the defense is good and better. The problem with tonight's game is, and for the next few weeks, is you're without Davenport. He's, he might and Davenport might be the second most important person on that defense. You know, speaking of uh, an ugly win, I don't know if I'd really classify it as that. I mean, it was a real struggle defensively, uh, you know, uh, the entire day. I think the over-under was, what, 31 or 31 and a half, and believe it or not, they stayed under uh, the Gophers and Hawkeyes. I mean, that was a good old-fashioned, you know, reminded me of the days when the Purple People Eaters were beating teams, you know, 6-3 to and 10-6. and to Well, you saw... The Gopher offense really struggled early. Give them credit. They played better in the second half. I thought Khalid Manis, even though his stats were great, he made a couple of really big throws, one out of his own end zone, give him some space, one the long pass to Daniel Jackson, which set them up to, to have a chance to win. Uh, and he didn't turn the ball over too much. I, 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 listen, the Gopher offense is really limited. Their passing game is limited. But against, it was going to be limited against Iowa. I was very good defensively. You knew, you knew if the Gophers were going to win, it was going to be that kind of a game where you hang around and he went in the fourth quarter. Credit to them for doing so. Credit to especially their front seven for rushing the passer and stopping the run. Stopping the Iowa run is what really gave them a chance to come back and win that game. Uh, Iowa's offense is terrible. Um, and But they usually can run the ball a little bit. And the Gophers took that away. And then there was the big play. Uh, the punt return for a touchdown that would have won the game for Iowa uh, called off because officials said that he was waving his left arm. That, that constitutes a fair catch. I think we all know that wasn't a fair catch. Uh, and I just don't like uh, – I think officiating is a really hard job. I don't spend much time complaining about officials because it is a hard job. I would say, in general, I would like to see officials not make borderline calls like that. Just let the players figure it out. Yeah, and it just seems like, I guess, you know, uh, you know, we focus so much on our Minnesota teams. It seems rare that we get a call like that. Uh, well, part of that is Minnesota paranoia. Part of it is also true. <laughs> Um, I, I do think that Dover football, you know, since since the Glen Mason days, ha- they have specialized in heartbreaking losses sometimes that are aided by a bad or questionable call. I think that's just the way it is. Now, part of that is because you're not good enough to overcome it. Part of it is that we remember it because we're Minnesotans and we have a paranoia about it. Uh, part of it's true. You know, they also do have bad bad breaks and bad calls to go against them. And this, so you know, I don't. They don't need to get this one back. Uh, they went and they want beat a ranked team on the road, a place they hadn't won since 1999. So it was both an impressive victory and the official messed up. Both things are true. You know, they seem to really always be able to find a kicker that's better than average, and it looks like they've got one again this year. 
It is really interesting how college football teams turn over every two, three years, and yet they seem to all have commonalities. Gophers always seem to be able to recruit good offensive linemen and good running backs. They always seem to recruit limited quarterbacks. They seem to recruit talented defensive backs and solid front seven guys. And they give P.J. credit. He found another good kicker and a good punter. Their special teams are good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it uh, we could know the uh, the pairings for the World Series later tonight, uh, Jim. We know for sure we're going to have an American League champion. That amazing series uh, continues tonight in Houston, where the home team still hasn't won a game. If it hadn't, if Twins couldn't be involved, I really I'm kind of glad to see Astros and the, the Rangers. I mean, I, I guess I it's always find it hard to shoot to cheer for the Astros because of the cheating and all that. But they are a fascinating team to watch. I love Dusty Baker. Um, and that's been a great series, uh, and a great unpredictable series, two deep lineups, uh, some big-name pitchers. The Astros have had the, the advantage in the bullpen, but, you know, hey, Game Seven's always a blast. And the Diamondbacks Philly series, I still think Phillies are the better team that will win that series, but the Diamondbacks have put up a fight. Yeah, they really have. Got credit to them. Uh, uh, and, you know, likely with Nola, the way he's been pitching, that'll probably end as well uh, prior to the American League game even starting. And be kind of interesting if Presley's on the mound to clinch it uh, for Houston. And, of course, he's been gone a few years now. But Mitch Garber uh, continues to, uh, you know, come through, it looks like, for the Rangers. He had a homer yesterday. He's just, he's you know, he had the big 2019 season. And I think a lot of hitters had a hangover. After that, because the ball, you know, they were they geared up to hit the ball as high and as far as they could that season, and and that season the ball was flying. So if you got it in the air, you had a chance at a home run. And then that approach suddenly didn't work anymore with a softer ball and with the ball not flying as far. I think Mitch has kind of re recalibrated his approach, and he's back to being a, a really good offensive player. Well, Jim, great talking with you. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Great, thank you, Bill.